Hey everyone, welcome back to the More Plants Podcast. I'm so happy to have you listening in today. Today we're continuing where we left off in part one last week in talking about perspectives, tips, and mindsets when sharing your life with a non-vegan partner or when being single and in the dating scene. And of course, all of the tips I've shared in part one and the ones I'll be sharing today in part two can apply in different ways to friends and family members, even if they aren't romantic partners. So it's going to help you with all of the relationships in your life when you share your life with people who eat in a different way. Start with part one if you haven't listened yet or if you haven't read the post that goes with that episode yet. And today we're heading right into more of the practical tips. I'm also going to be sharing a helpful exercise and a great resource that might offer additional support if you're vegan and single. Let's get to it. Hi there, and welcome to More Plants, a vegan podcast by Bramble that helps you start, continue, and enjoy eating plant-based for your health, the animals, and the planet. I'm Kim Sujavolsky, your host and certified plant-based cook and educator. In this podcast, you'll find all the practical tips, resources, and support you'll need to make your journey easy and sustainable, no matter where you are along this path. To learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog, visit bramble.com. And now, Let's dive into today's episode. We're going to get straight into some of the more practical tips, which I know are some of the things that can be lifesavers when you're navigating this terrain. We talked a lot about mindset in last week's episode, and we'll continue talking about it today. But I think some of these tips will be really, really helpful. I'm going to be talking about eating, cooking, shopping, and practical tips of this nature. Before we get right to it, here's a note from our sponsor for today's show. This episode is brought to you by our online course, The Roadmap. The Roadmap is an online course that will help guide the way if you're newly vegan, thinking of becoming vegan, or wanting to take more steps in this direction. Module by module, we take you by the hand through every step, covering topics like finding your motivation and having the right mindset when making this change, to how to build a nutritionally balanced plate, how to shop, prep, stay on budget, plan your meals, travel, get organized, and navigate every social situation as a vegan and so many others. There is no stone left unturned and we do it all with that approach you love so much in which missteps are welcome and there is no such thing as perfection. And of course, it includes the most delicious recipes and menu ideas. There is so much more included in this course. So head on over to brownwell.com forward slash the roadmap to watch our video trailer, to see the full list of modules, lessons and recipes, pricing and more. Again, that's bramble.com forward slash the roadmap. Now on with the show. My first tip has to do with negotiation. Kids negotiate all of the time. And I can tell you that from my own memories of my own childhood, when I would negotiate things endlessly with my mom, everything was up for a discussion in terms, at least in my head, in wanting to bargain and feel a little bit more empowered in whatever I was being made to do, I guess. But also in my years as a teacher, I found it so incredible how kids really have this ability to negotiate and to even have conversations in which they are deciding, sharing, 
putting things in middle ground. And I think we all need to remember that. Do not be afraid of having conversations with your partner on what things can be set in that middle ground. For example, would your partner consider keeping the home vegan like my hubby said he wanted to when I first went vegan and he wasn't up to it yet? For example, not having any animal products in your meals at home, but eating whatever each person wants outside of the home? Or will you have to cook both vegan and meat-based dishes? Or can you share the tasks so you don't have to cook meat if this doesn't agree with you anymore? Can you have certain days a week in which all meals are vegan? Or a day a week in which your main meal is vegan? You get the idea. Have the conversations. There is a place where you can both feel a little bit more comfortable in, but you cannot get there if you don't have the negotiation. So you have to start there. That's why it's my first tip of all the ones I'm going to give to you today. Cook amazing, delicious vegan food. That I feel that that always goes without saying, but I do like to put it up front because it's so important. I can't tell you how many friends who are total omnivores have started making weekly vegan meals because of the foods they've had at our house or at vegan restaurants. You get ideas and you realize that vegan food is delicious, that it's made with ingredients you also see every day at the store, that it's not something weird or that takes huge amounts of time. And so cooking amazing, delicious vegan food is helpful. It's helpful so that your partner feels satisfied and that they're enjoying the meal if they're sharing a vegan meal with you or if they're having part of their components of their meal be vegan. It's helpful for friends, for family members. I always say it. The hardest obstacle is the fear of food and the fear of social situations. So feed them delicious vegan food and show them how nothing needs to change when it comes to being social. You have delicious recipes in the recipe section of our blog. You have delicious recipes in our social media, in our YouTube channel. And of course, you have our online program with, I mean, it's hundreds and I mean hundreds. At the time I'm recording this, I think it's over 460 videos filled with delicious recipes, tips, support, etc. So go check that out. <laughs> but cooking amazing food is important because we have so many misconceptions when we aren't vegan of what vegan food is like. Another tip I have for you, make the vegan dish the foundation of your meal. So build your meal upon delicious vegan sides or even main dishes. And then it's easier for anyone who wants to eat an animal-based dish to make it and add it to his or her meal. Think of it as just adding a component that is the meat-based component, which is often what we're doing when we're eating a standard meat, potatoes, and veg diet. And we have those kinds of meals. It's usually the big protein that is the animal-based protein that people who eat meat are having. So they can have that and you can make the foundation, the staples, the other side dishes, the salads, the vegetable dishes, the grains or potato dishes, all of those be vegan so that everyone at home can enjoy them. And it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Plus they're equally as delicious. 
And this is very much related to my next tip, which is to make the classic dishes vegan so everyone can enjoy them. And this is especially true when the holidays are coming up. And as I'm recording this, the holiday season is right around the corner. So things like mashed potatoes, certain desserts you have that you love, that the family loves and is used to, pastas, sauces, gravies, soups, pancakes, French toast, muffins, cupcakes... All of these can be made vegan with simple substitutions and nobody will know the difference because it's not, these aren't dishes where we're noticing the animal components of the dish. They're usually there for structure, they're there for flavor, they're there for part of the tradition and the recipe, and you can get all of those functions from the plant-based version and make those dishes, the classic dishes in their vegan form so everyone can enjoy them. And your partner can always, like I said in my previous tip, round out the meal or serve additional dishes that include meat, dairy, or eggs. My next tip is to shop together. It will be much easier and better on the relationship if you start sharing tasks. There's so much to be said of having the burden of the shopping and the cooking often being on the shoulders of the person who has gone vegan and has to deal with all of this this change in the way they cook, in the way they shop, in the ingredients they're choosing, but also have all of the knowledge they have because they've gone vegan and have to do the same for everyone else in the family who still eats meat, dairy, and eggs. It can be a lot. And it's often where the sort of sticking points begin and some of the struggles begin. So when you share the tasks, even if the result is the same, even if you're still having animal products in your fridge, in your kitchen, serving them at mealtime, even if you're most or all of your family is eating at animal products and you're the only one that isn't, sharing the tasks relieves so much of the pressure. It relieves the emotional pressure. It relieves the stress of it. It relieves the overthinking that happens when we're doing something and we're feeling weird about it. This includes the cooking itself, especially if cooking meat now makes you uncomfortable. I know that that can happen for people, but it's especially true with shopping. There's something really powerful that happens the moment you shop. That's the moment, right? That's the moment in which you're really making the tough choices. And it's the moment that causes the impact and the difference between contributing or not to an industry that you don't want to support anymore. If not buying meat is not an option in your household, sharing the experience of the shopping trip, it's going to help. It's going to help a ton. If doing this at the store is challenging, if you're having arguments at the store, I've found that shopping for groceries online is easier for some people. Your partner can get what they need and you can get what you need, but there's less separation between you. And that's the key. I think so many of the issues that start bubbling up for people in relationships are because there is now this gap and we feel that this gap is so huge and it's uncrossable and that there's this just line that has been drawn in the sand. And so doing anything you can to mitigate that gap and to sort of feel that, okay, this is the situation that I'm in. I can't do much now. So what are ways in which I can navigate this in an easier way and feel less of that separation? 
Now, another tip I have for you is to find restaurants where you can both enjoy delicious food. This is often where a lot of arguments between partners happen when it's time to decide where you're going to go out to eat. There are plenty of restaurants that cater to both omnivores and vegans, and all you need to do is a little research and look at some of the menus ahead of time. An app or a website like Happy Cow, happycow.net or the app really helps because you can actually be wherever you are and it'll tell you near where you are, where are some vegan-friendly places, even if you're not going to fully vegan places, although it will tell you that as well. But it will tell you of all of the places you have around you, where you can find some vegan options. It's not the only one. It's the one I use most often just because I've grown so used to it. But there are many other ways and we've talked about them throughout our podcast and we will mention others in in other episodes. But you don't have to settle with a house salad made out of iceberg lettuce and some tomato and your partner doesn't have to settle for something they don't like and then having to stop at whatever burger joint is on the way back home. There are so many ways to find a joyful and a scrumptious middle where you're both satisfied. I am aware though that if you live in a small town, the options are limited. So try getting creative, try talking to the places you usually go to. If you're usual patrons of a restaurant, they are going to be very open to adding options for you if they know you're a regular. Another tip I have that has to do with food and the foods you cook is to introduce vegan meatiness. Nowadays, there are so many incredible vegan restaurants that you and your significant other can dine at and you can have anything from pulled barbecue jackfruit tacos or sliders to perfect vegan cheeseburgers that are made with these incredible alternatives that are so meaty. You can have vegan pot roasts and seitan Philly cheesesteak. You name it, we can find it or make it. If you're dealing with a resistant loved one who just won't budge, don't start by feeding them or trying to serve you know, a kale salad, no matter how delicious you think it is. Start with something meaty, something cheesy, something satisfying that gives you that stick to your ribs feeling. You'll create a little bit of breathing room and they'll be much more open-minded to trying other plant-based options later on. And they'll start getting familiar with the fact that these options are just one of the options for them. You're not trying to push it on them. You're not trying to force them into anything. You're letting them be them, but you also want to share what you're finding and be able to share some of that together. Because here's the thing, people who are not vegan can eat vegan food and they do all the time. There's this weird mental space where some people get into where, you know, if it's vegan, they don't want it because it's vegan. And that makes no sense because even meat eaters, hardcore meat eaters, eat so many vegan foods throughout the day. My next tip has to do with talking and setting boundaries together, especially if you are the one doing the cooking. So what are you or aren't you comfortable with? Sometimes having some simple boundaries is necessary in order to really keep that peace, especially if you're one of those hold it in and then explode people. I know there are many of you out there. (laughs) So are you okay with making different meals? Are you okay in handling or cooking meat at all? Have the conversations before the road gets rocky 
because of lack of communication. And this can sometimes mean getting some, even some of the meat-based alternatives ready-made, ordered from a place that already makes them so that you don't have to cook them or have certain staples that are pre-made that you get at the grocery store and sharing the task when that's not the case. There are many options. It's not black and white. And the important thing is that you talk about things and that things are clear because it's where we get into the crazy gray area of expectations, especially... (laughs) unshared expectations that things can get so rocky because you have an idea of how your partner is going to behave in a certain situation or how they're going to react or what they're going to do or how they're going to help. They have another. Sometimes if they don't align, trouble can start. Another tip I have in this one is so important and I know it's hard because I know food is so central to the way we relate to other people. And it should still be that way. We can still enjoy social time that includes food and meals and celebrations. But my tip is to not make it all about the food. Your relationship with this person is based on so much more than the food you share together. So if eating is causing some issues, try to at least take a step back and do something together that has nothing to do with food until you're back in neutral ground again. Go to the movies, go see friends, go on long walks or hikes together, go bowling or on a quick day trip somewhere, relax on the couch and enjoy some time together. If your relationship is flowing, everything else is going to fall into place with time. Of course, you have to do the work. You have to have the conversations. You have to find that middle ground, but it can be done. Now, I want to talk briefly of about something you've asked me a lot about in whenever I've released any type of content related to relationships. And it's about what happens if your partner or someone you plan on dating isn't vegan, but is maybe vegetarian or pescatarian or flexitarian, etc. Remember that you have more in common with them than with someone who hasn't given eating animals products any thought whatsoever. That's a lot of people, myself included, before I went vegan. This happens not only in vegan circles, it happens in so many circles where the smaller the circle gets there's sort of more fighting between these smaller and smaller groups. Like, I'm doing this. Why aren't you doing this? I do more of this and you should be doing more of this too. You're doing something, but it's not enough. And we're focusing so much on all of the very small aspects that we do not share and we do not have in common than the many that we do. So don't look at the gap between you. If you're in this situation, you are so much closer than you see and that you can realize. Don't look at the gap. Don't look at that space. Look at all of the steps you've both taken so far that have put you on a sort of similar path, regardless of the motivation. People who have made these changes... Sometimes it's for health. Yes, sometimes it's for animals. Sometimes it's for the environment. Sometimes it's for our fellow humans. Sometimes it's just because it's the food they like. But more often than not, they have a deep internal reason why they're making a change that is different from what everybody else is making. And in that way, you have so much in common. This situation sometimes makes us think that because they're a few steps further, they're easier to convince to go fully vegan. 
but all of the previous tips should be applied in their case as well because everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves listening to where they are coming from and where they stand and why maybe they haven't made the choices that you've made. So focus on the positive that you are with someone who you share even more things with and avoid the curious social phenomenon that happens when you separate yourself in some way from a larger group and you and all the other mini groups out there start competing and measuring sticks. You have so much more in common, much more than you know. And we're going to talk about expectations and outcomes and what you might think could happen down the line if you have a lot of these feelings that, okay, well, I I should keep insisting because they're so close, they're so close, and I want to get them to where I am. We're going to talk about that in a bit. I also want to say something that a lot of people might not like, but I have been doing this for a very long time. I've gone down this journey with so many of our students And I want to say, and I want to remind you that a 90% vegan or an 80% vegan is doing more for animals than most people. Whether you have to include moments of flexibility because there was no other way to keep the peace in your life, or whether that's all or even less than that of what your partner is willing to try, whether it's you or whether it's them, you are still doing so much more than most. And that is a wonderful thing. That's all you can control. That's all you can focus on. We really can't cross that line to the other person in a way that, first of all, because it just doesn't work. In order to do this, to make this change and have it be sustainable, it has to come from you. It has to come from a deep desire to do it. So pushing hardly ever works. And being able to talk about these moments, these situations in which you might have been imperfect, in which you have had to include more flexibility because there has been no other way to keep the peace with the people in your life. I think that has to be a part of the conversation because I don't think it's fair to ask of people who have had long-term relationships that are working, that they're happy, they're their support system, they're their family, to change their family because of this one thing. So I have very strong opinions about this. And as you know, a lot of people don't share them and that's totally okay. I understand that if that's you. But I wanted to share my two cents and a lot of you who have emailed me directly about your issues, your stories, you know this because it sometimes is the advice I give you. And it sometimes is the advice that I give people who have been struggling with their eating, who have had a past of disordered eating. Flexibility can also be a part of the picture. It has to be a part of the picture when you're thinking of what your partner is doing, but it can also be a part of the picture for you if that's the only option. Sometimes it's that very small amount of flexibility that is going to give you a very big success, very big chunk of success in the long run and help you maintain the peace at home, the relationships, the people you love in your life. And this lifestyle that you now have grown to love and understand and that is important to you for years and hopefully decades. 
Now, I have a little exercise that I want to share because you know I'm all about those mental shifts and mindset shifts and visual exercises, if you will, to help you navigate some of these situations. I call it the tiny bridges exercise. Something we sometimes don't like to see when it comes to these issues is that we all have things in common, especially in today's world where it's so divided and it's such a common thing to think of us and the others. (laughs) There are characteristics that are shared between two people, no matter how different they might seem. Whether it's a hunter in conversation with an animal activist or two people with opposite opinions on a presidential candidate. We've just been taught by everything around us, especially post-social media world, that we need to zero in on the things that separate us from others. That's why clubs, religions, fan bases, and even particular hobbies are so popular. It's so much easier to just join people who think and like what we like and who think in ways in which that are similar to the ways we think. The problem with this is that not only would we immediately enter Stepford territory and the world would become a very boring place with no growth whatsoever, but when it comes to veganism, most of us have people we love who don't eat the way we do. And we need to find that point of connection again so we can feel like our normal selves. This includes firmly feeling like we are a part of our own world and circle, no matter how many different choices we make. And you know, I'm saying, you know, I'm talking about the food because that's usually the main issue for most families and most people, but I'm talking about all of the lifestyle changes that come with veganism. Here's what I'm proposing for this week. Whenever you encounter anyone this week, whether that's a coworker, the bus driver, a teacher, a family member, someone you dislike, your best friend, a stranger on the street, find something you share. It can be a character trait, your love of something similar, your taste in music or in books, an experience, etc. After a while, once finding little bridges like this that join you together becomes the default, move on to thinking about people who have opposite views to you, people who are figuratively on the other side of that line in the sand, and repeat this exercise with them until you find the bridges that will now help you build something new together. The more we find the bridges that we can now build new foundations upon, the better and more supported we will feel. The less reactive the people around us will feel in return. Because the truth is we are going to probably find that a lot of people in opposite views from us maybe have gotten there out of their own life experience, but might have a familiar or similar starting point than we do. We've gotten to a different place with our choices, with our views about the world, with our habits, but there might be so much more in common than we know. And the only way to open up the conversations and have these be sustainable and okay and feel comfortable, even if we get into hot button issues, is to really start 
the conversation with an open mind. And the only way we can have an open mind when we're approaching a conversation where we know there's going to be a clash at some point is if we also know that there are things that we have in common with the other person. I think that is so important in this world we're in today. I could get into that, but I'm not going to because we're going to get off topic. There are so many things that we will have that are on opposite sides of the spectrum, but can't you already see the shift that happens when we turn the other person into someone we share traits with? And by doing this, we're sort of retraining our brain. I've shared a similar exercise when I've talked about body image and body image exercises in the past, and we'll get into that further along in our episodes as well, but it's a way of retraining our brain into looking at something else, not looking at what we usually go to, and that's the differences. That's the points that we do not have in common. And I just think this is so important because so much of our relation, so many of our relationships start with conversations and any conversation will contain much less resistance. Even when we aren't talking to each other, the relationship has already changed if we look at it from this filter. We're not only seeing all of the things our partner is doing that go against our values or habits or new way of seeing things. We're looking at everything. We're looking at how we can resolve these issues that we're having over here, but we might also be looking at all of the other things they're doing where we have so much connection. That is so important in relationships in general. And I have to say that I try to remember this exercise whenever I'm having a disagreement with someone or I keep having a very deep and strong emotional reaction to someone, chances are they have also hit a bit of a nerve. And sadly, I have to say that due to the complexity of human psychology, this is usually a sign that we share a similar trait we haven't wanted to acknowledge in ourselves. It's a complex system that happens in our minds and in our experiences as humans, but it's something that is very human. And that's another reason why we share more than we think. By building these little bridges of things we also see in ourselves, what we do is humanize people. We turn them from the person on the opposite side of the battlefield to this reality. And it's that we are all sharing space in this world with people who are different from us. And this incredible diversity is what creates change in the world and The road there is sometimes very messy, but we have to navigate through that. We can do our best to find connections instead of separation. We can go from feeling othered and othering those around us to finding those common threads that will make us more understanding and others less resistant to change. Any conversation we will have will contain much less resistance. And even when not talking to each other, the relationship has already changed and our feeling of belonging has already changed with this one simple mindset shift. We cannot rely on the outcome of what our loved ones will do eventually. And this is sometimes the hardest thing for vegans to see and to just come to terms with because we all have expectations. We all have this idea of how we'd like things to be. And oftentimes we 
rely on that a little bit too much, especially when it comes to something as big as changing so many of our daily habits. It's not something that comes easy to people. So we cannot rely on the outcomes, but we can try our best to find a healthy middle ground for the relationship if it's something that is important to us. Any tips for positive relationship communication, positive relationship building, or maintaining the health of our relationships will help you with this because it is just one other aspect of the life we share with someone. In a way, you can see it as anything, any aspect in which you have different or opposing views on because those things, they're also connected to values and in that way, they're something there are things that are important and that can be a little bit more challenging than just the common things that we're not as attached to or have or hold as strongly. So many of these issues, they there are so many other points of opposition and partnerships and we navigate those and we can do that with this as well. Now to finish, I want to guide you to a podcast episode by the wonderful Colleen Patrick Goudreau, who you've met, heard me mention countless times. You've seen her books and her podcast recommended in all of our resource sections at Brown Bowl. Her podcast is called the Food for Thought Podcast. And this particular episode that I want to guide you to is for all my single vegans out there. This is a four-minute episode. She answers the question, should vegans date non-vegans? And I loved her way of seeing this conundrum so much. I think it might also be helpful to all of you who are single and vegan out there and are looking for someone to share your life with. I agree with her. I loved her perspective. I thought it was so succinct and so simple and so such a unique way of explaining it that I need to guide you to her own words. And so you you get all of that wisdom from Colleen that has helped me so much in so many of my life situations and in so many other topics and areas. And of course, I am here for you. I'm here for you in the comments. You can always send me an email at support at I know that this is a hard issue, but hopefully with these two, two episodes that we've had on the topic and the many other pieces of content throughout our website and future episodes we will have, uh, hopefully you'll feel a little more supportive and find a little bit of a guiding light in some of that dark and dreary path you might be tiptoeing around and having some discomfort in. And I hope you find that peace and all of that love that you deserve, even if your partner doesn't share veganism with you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us reach more people who are interested in making more vegan choices and need some support. Remember that you can find all of the show notes, links, and many additional resources for this episode in the description below. And of course, don't forget to visit brownbull.com to learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog posts. Till next time, everyone. 